Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. In this episode, we're excited to be joined by Kate Scafidi, director at Diversa Partners. Kate has made a name for herself within Diversa with her passion and drive and specializes in building out the leadership teams for the most disruptive enterprise technology startups in the industry. Kate has placed go-to-market and operational executives for companies like Trip Actions, Customer, WalkMe, Gong.io, and Carrot Fertility. Today, we'll be discussing the transformation of the customer success function and its profound impact on the go-to-market GTM strategies. Kate, bring the passion to the podcast. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing really well, Rob. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. It's great to see you, and let's dive right in. Uh, Kate, do you notice a stage where companies make a shift from growth focus and customer acquisition to customer retention upselling? Yeah, I do. Obviously, it's very important for small and growth stage companies to prioritize customer acquisition. Being that they're early stage, they they don't have a, a huge customer set to focus on or, or to rely on for growing their bottom line revenue. And so most of the companies I work with will focus on hiring a head of sales or a head of marketing first. And naturally, once they reach later stages, like a Series B or a Series C, for example, and they need more of a defined customer strategy, that's when they come back to my team and they say, hey, we want to make a post-sales hire. Now, that's not to say that retention and expansion don't exist in smaller startups. Obviously, they they very much do. And I think it's becoming a lot more common to see more attention being paid to building a, a sustainable customer practice early on. But just logically, I mean, a, a more thoughtful customer approach, it correlates with a company with more customers to keep happy. So I can tell you that it's becoming a lot more common for post-sales teams to own the renewal and expansion numbers. Five years ago, when I would do a customer success search, if we needed someone who had owned the account management number for renewals and for expansions, it was a much shorter list of qualified candidates than it would be today. Um, so now most of the customer success leaders that I speak to, they own at least renewals, if not expansions as well. And their teams, they're partially being evaluated like sales teams because it's based on hitting those numbers. One of the things I really like to see when I'm looking at a strategic post-sales leader is someone who has collaborated with the rest of that go-to-market organization to figure out where account management should live. There isn't a one-size-fits-all answer to that question, and it's important for a post-sales leader to really take a customer and company-first approach to having an opinion on where the number should live. I've even seen some companies break it down by segment where their largest enterprise customers are managed by a dedicated faction of the sales team, while the rest of the customers' renewals and expansions might be managed by the customer success organization itself. Like I said, I think the short answer is is there is no one right answer, but you want your post-sales leader to have that experience and to have an opinion, and, and that opinion should prioritize what's best for the business. We never look for short answers here on Talent Talks. Kate, how, how has customer success changed as a function? And what are some key differences and trends that you have noticed recently? Yeah. 
Well, I think it's fair to say that in the early days of customer success, the function was really an afterthought of a sales-driven culture. There were a lot of old-school enterprise software companies that modeled this system where, you know, salespeople were doing anything that they could to to just make sales and get people to, to sign on the dotted line. And and when more software companies popped up that could serve, you know, similar needs and there was more competition, customers started to fall off left and right. So obviously it's that old adage of, you know, acquiring a new customer is a lot more expensive than retaining an existing customer. And that knowledge eventually merged with customer churn and customer success became just a lot more important. So in the early days, the worst case scenario was there was a ton of tension between sales and customer success because there were kinks to be worked out. Sometimes sales would overpromise to customers. Sometimes customer success wanted the glory of the renewals and expansions. But the reality was that customer success had to be inherently collaborative. I mean, it's it's the connective tissue of the business because ultimately everything goes back to making your customer happy. If you can't do that, you're not going to have a very successful business. So even without ownership of things like revenue or technical implementation in the early stages, customer success had to know who to go to, who to lean on, and how to make the data and the knowledge that they had useful. So flash forward to now, and we're seeing a much more customer-centric go-to-market process, which I think means that customer success is sticking, you know, as, as the linchpin of the go-to-market organization. There's a lot more recognition of customer success as, you know, a much more complicated role. It often includes being involved in the initial sales so that customers are comfortable with, you know, their point of contact within the business. It involves technical implementation, customer, and sometimes even member satisfaction, renewal and expansion processes and revenue. The list goes on. And, you know, like I mentioned, when you look at more B2B2C businesses, there's even more nuances when it comes to, you know, things like users and call centers. So as a result, chief customer officers, you know, VPs of customer success, they're much more of a voice in the go-to-market organization. They often have a number to hit, but they're also the closest point of contact to all of the customers and the connective tissue between product and revenue. So these teams are consistently brought, you know, product ideas, partnership possibilities, other revenue generators. They're, they're bringing all of those to the surface. And it's really cool. And I think it indicates something really exciting for future customer success leaders as it continues to evolve. To be honest with you, I, I would bet that we'll start seeing a lot more of these COO and president and even, you know, CEO type profiles where they're actually looking for people with customer success backgrounds because it's going to strike that balance between, you know, go to market and and the product side of the business. Interesting. All right. I, I, I've got a multi-part question here. So, so bear with me. How, how does the health of a CS team affect the overall GTM strategy and result? What does a more customer centric GTM strategy look like? Are there risks and what does a less customer-centric GTM look like, and why is this weaker? That's a lot to chew there, but uh, if we need to break it down, we can go into smaller chunks, but go sure. for it. Absolutely. Well, I, I think the, the easy answer is a healthy customer success organization is the center of a go-to-market success. A customer-centric go-to-market strategy is is kind of the bare minimum these days, to be honest, because looking across businesses right now, all you're hearing about is personalization and more active front-end engagement. So you can't succeed without being able to really reach customers and to be able to address their needs. 
the best way to sum it up is that the best offense is a good defense, which it may or may not exactly land from a customer success perspective, but you can't deny the numbers. So, you know, a healthy customer strategy is, is one where everyone acknowledges that customers are the reason that we do what we do. It's an environment where, you know, there is collaboration from all functions around, you know, doing what is best for the customer and therefore for the business. But most of all, it's a proactive culture of, of customer engagement versus a reactive one. I wouldn't say that there are risks to being customer centric so much as there are risks to not doing it in the correct way, just like with anything else. You can't set a KPI of 100% net revenue retention and expect that to be the be all end all indicator of customer health. If you're waiting for a customer to tell you that they're unhappy or to stop using your product, you're, you're wasting your time and you're losing customers before you even realize it. The measurement I have found has to start from contract signature, understanding things like the amount of time, you know, implementation takes and how long it is to go live, how much or how little education you're doing with a new customer, usership metrics, time to resolution for support, all of those types of things. If you don't have those things in place, things like renewal and expansion numbers, they're not a luxury you're going to need to worry about. You did a great job. Great job with that. Okay. Tell us about the overall health of the CS industry and what has growth looked like in terms of placement? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think especially for businesses that sell, you know, at a higher price point and for whom existing customers are, you know, of even more importance, none of this change is, is surprising. So it's it's been in the works for a long time and is ultimately a really positive thing for go-to-market organizations because they're becoming more in tune with customers and doing that is going to make them more money. Naturally, this has resulted in a huge increase in the number of customer success projects that my team and I get called on, which I am definitely not complaining about. As far as, you know, my team and myself, I might have done a handful of these projects a year in, in recent years, but just right now, my team and I are, are working on like five or six of them at the same time. So mm. the value of customer success is really being recognized as a strategic unit all on its own, rather than just, you know, for lack of a better analogy, just kind of tape to patch up the leaks, which I think is really exciting. Kate, what are the biggest challenges when finding a successful CS individual and key attributes you look for? Yeah, I talked about this a bit earlier, but I think one of the biggest things I'd point to as far as what I look for is experience and flexibility. You want to bring someone in who has experience running all of the different pieces from implementation to renewal and expansion, but you also want that person to have the time in the seat so that they know there is no one correct way to manage a customer set that is universal across different businesses. It's going to depend on the specific business's needs at any given point. And that person you hire needs to be able to flex to be whatever those needs are and to still represent the organization as a thought leader, as a results driver. You can't have a customer success leader who is, you know, support cast. They need to be able to define their own role and then to play it. As far as, you know, things that you might look for as challenges, I think as with anything, when there is a little bit of a broken process that has been kind of the status quo for a long time, I think there are a lot of customer success leaders who feel that friction between themselves and sales and feel that friction between, you know, maybe themselves and products. Um, you know, after such a long time of a lot of businesses coupling, you know, customer success underneath, you know, a sales organization, as I think has happened for a, a long time, 
I, I think there's a natural tension there. And because there's no, you know, one typical way that businesses do things, it's, it's growing pains to, to put it concisely. But I think it's something that, you know, with this very customer centric, very personalized kind of new world order, I think it's something that, you know, will work itself out in the best businesses and, and the best post sales leaders along with the best sales leaders figure out how to make it work and, and how to find, you know, a, a process that works for them in their business. So help me kind of put a wrap on all of this. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I think the headline is, you know, customer success is is here in a big way. And I think it's it's sticking around for the foreseeable future. Um, it sounds really simplistic. Uh, and I even see, you know, sales leaders posting about this all the time. I, I had seen a post on LinkedIn the other day just about look like it's it's so much more cost effective to retain and keep happy your current customers than it is to acquire new. And it's it's the kind of thing that you see and you're like, wow, that's a really good point. Like that's a very good way to operate. Time you're like, everybody knows that. Like this is nothing new. So I I think as counterintuitive as it can sound, you know, it's 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 not a new thought, but it is here to stay. And I think it's it's for the best, especially in the enterprise software industry. And an interesting time. The transformation of the customer success function and its profound impact. On GTM Strategies, Kate Scafidi, Director at Diversa Partners. You were great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Rob. That's all the time we have on this edition of Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams. We'll see you next time.